Hi, folks. This is uh, JB Rainsberger. Welcome to this little interview series that uh, I started just before the global pandemic hit, thinking, oh, this will be great to do uh, interviews every couple of months with tournament winners. And then all of a sudden, there were no tournament winners to interview until now. And uh, so I'm really pleased to be joined by Mitchell Williams, uh, who is the winner of this past weekend's Body Quest Challenge, part of the Newfoundland Bowling Tour. Mitchell, how are you? Um, I'm very good. I'm still, <laughs> <laughs> I have no complaints. I'm still like pretty much, I've, I've been watching the tournament. <laughs> right. I'm still basking to me. It's still Sunday. I'm, I'm half, I can't believe it. Half like I can believe it. And I'm really, really relieved and glad I finally did it. So that sums it up, I guess. Yeah, no, I can absolutely you know I understand. Mean? Yeah, it. I can absolutely understand it. I mean, I, you know, I, I was saying before we we started the interview on air here that you and I hadn't really had a chance to just sit down and have a conversation yet. We'd, we'd known each other in passing, and I'd been to a handful of of uh, MBT events, and we've we've seen each other at the Open, and we've exchanged a bit on Facebook, but really hadn't had a, a more than a, a two or three word conversation. So I know a little bit about, um, you know, what it's been for you to get here um, to the point of winning a, a, a big event like this and some of the, the stuff that you've gone through along the way. Uh, I'd like to get into that a little bit as much as you'd like. But first, as you say, it's now Wednesday afternoon and in your mind, there's at least part of your mind for which it's still Sunday. Um, what... I got a chance to watch the live feed of the entire final, but I didn't get much of a chance to see anything before then. What, what we, we've now seen the, the somewhat infamous picture of Brad Glenn sitting at the back of the lane with you <laughs> standing up there. I guess that was Shane's doing. Um, what was that moment like for you when you realized you had it won? I want to start with an easy question. You know what? I was relieved that I did not have to get up again and throw another ball. I, I was through the whole game. I was like, okay, Mitchell, you only have to get up three more times. And then <laughs> no matter what, you get your money and you go home. <laughs> um, and then I saw, I saw Brad punch twice. Yeah. Um, and then I said, Mitchell, shut him out. Yeah. You get to go home if you shut him out. <laughs> and I threw two strikes in my first turn. And I was like, okay, I'm on the way. I threw a strike and a, and a spit. And I threw a strike and then I left a corner pin. And I was like, right. Why couldn't you yes. get one more? <laughs> I was happy with the corner pin. I yeah. can spare a corner pin. I don't have to worry about a bad break off a corner pin. Yeah. I can punch a corner pin. That's right. I was I was relieved. Once I once I realized that I had won, I was relieved. I didn't have to put myself under any more pressure. And I <sighs> because um I get very nervous. I get like I don't know. I'm nervous now putting myself back in the moment. It's like, I'm, if I don't discipline myself very hard to sit down and think about nothing and feel absolutely nothing, I, um, I'll shoot up at, into the sky and I don't know what will happen. I right. certainly won't throw a very good bowling ball. And, um, but that's hard on me and I don't really want to do it for eight hours a day, every day. <laughs> I can definitely understand that. And, so, and, I ha- and I have to say that watching you, uh, I, you know, it looked like, I mean, you looked so smooth out there, at least from the live stream. I'm not sure what the difference was watching you in person compared to seeing you on the screen, but it certainly didn't, you know, I, I wasn't sitting there going, wanting to grab you through the screen and tell you to slow down. It seemed like you were, you were, you had pretty much done what you needed to do in order to keep yourself under control. Did it feel like that on the inside for you? No. 
<laughs> so you thought you were going a mile a minute, even though you were you were doing just fine. I felt like I had to. I felt like for me to look like I'm going the correct speed, I have to feel like I'm going as slow as molasses. Mm. I have to. I feel like my second step on like takes me like thirty seconds. <laughs> so. And anytime I punched, I knew that like it might have looked to you or anyone out there that I might have thrown a good ball but got bad luck. But I was like, that wasn't smooth. Mm. It probably looked smooth, but like it actually took until that last game for me to feel smooth. That that's interesting because you mentioned that to me. I, I asked you sort of briefly on Facebook about that, and, and you made it you made a comment about how you felt like you were throwing every ball uh, from your bicep or from your tricep, yeah. you mentioned right up, right up until sort of halfway through that last game. So what, what had been going on for you before it started to feel smooth in the last, uh, in the last game? Um, it was a mechanical thing. I think um, I was trying to generate power from stopping my backswing at the apex and coming through fast and I was doing that for 25 games and I was getting good results but I was getting a lot of punches Hmm. um so I was like but I was still able to keep my timing right and and like enough rotation and most of every most of my mechanics were right all weekend I guess but when I realized in that last game wait, Mitchell, don't stop your arm up in the air. Have a fluid arm swing. Just go. That's when I threw the four pocket hits that won me the tournament, basically. Hmm. And, and that's when I, 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 that's when I re, that's when I gained a full spire of confidence and, and like willingness and drive to win that tournament. I was up until that point, I was like, anything can happen because I don't know where the next ball is going. <laughs> And that might be an inner confidence thing generally for me overall, but it kind of took me figuring out what a, what adjustment I finally really was looking for the whole tournament to get that confidence. So I forget what the question originally was, but. Well, so I, I was... guess I, I think you answered it. Um, yeah. You no, know, I was, so you, it, it you know, um, as a as an observer, part of me wants to kind of say, "Well, gee, Mitchell, you know, you're you're telling me that you essentially were getting in your own way uh, right up until partway through the last game, and yet you won the entire event. How the hell does that work?" Um, so, what? Maybe think back if you can to earlier in the event, long before you made the playoffs. Uh, maybe during your qualifying shifts where you weren't feeling this fluidity, it didn't feel as easy as you wanted it to. What was, what was it like for you sort of getting started in the first couple of games, uh, getting into your qualifying shift? Um, if my first qualifying shift felt like I had never bowled before, honestly. Huh. I like was going through the motions. I was being, I was like, okay, like I have this manual of instructions to throw a bowling ball and I'm going to execute that. Okay. And and, uh, guess what? You can't do that. Um, And like, I get like that sometimes, but it was the first time I'd had it happen bad in a long time. So, and like the scores were, I averaged 210 for the for the first like four games, but I knew that if I had stayed longer, I was in my head. I was I had mm-hmm. moments where I was dissociating. I had moments where I went out into my car to avoid being seen, like beating the crap out of it. Right. And I stopped having fun. Um so I left before the last shift. I called it my Simone Biles moment <laughs> because I said, um, 
Now, I know my mental game well enough to know that I'm going nowhere with this right now. I might even like act out in a way that might get me in trouble. Right. Honestly. Um, so I probably made an unpopular decision to leave, but um, it was the right decision for me because I went home. I spoke to my mom. She said, you did the right thing, Mitchell. Uh, I don't want you out there being miserable. Right. And I said, and I said, thanks mom. And it's only, it's only a game. I wasn't having fun. Like, like, yes, I went to win, but you can't win. Like the way I say it, the way I changed my habits up in the last couple of years is that I'm only going to win if I'm having fun in the first place. Right. Um, And both things are important. And I wasn't figuring out how to connect them. And I was having a miserable time and I wasn't even bowling well. And I was getting too many plugs and I couldn't figure it out. So I went home, I regrouped, I came back, I threw a 280. I was like, I guess, I guess I'm awake a little, (laughs) but then it came back. Mm. All the feelings came back. I, I went out into my car. I hit the seat. I was frustrated. I didn't even have fun. I was like, Mitchell, what are you doing? Oh, come on. Like, just get into the game. Just bowl. Just what? stop. <laughs> and I got up in the last game and I was like, okay, so like, I've bowled 350s before. I might as well. Right. A couple of strikes. I threw some punches in between the strikes. I threw a couple more strikes. I threw some more punches in between the strikes. I was like, anyways, that was too crappy to make it. I went home out of it. <laughs> I was like, mom, I didn't make it. <laughs> I'm old, too crappy to make it. Um, and then um, I got a message from my old coach from the Open in 2019, 2013, my coach, Sharon Corcoran. She said, <laughs> Mitchell, good luck. Good, good job. You made it. And I was like, Sharon, I already I did the math. I didn't make it. <laughs> no, she and apparently said, you did. And then she sent me the scores. It was, and there was two entries who'd made it twice, so... The 25th score, which was mine, was actually the 24th or something like that. And I was like, no way. I have to go bowling tomorrow. Okay. (laughs) Interesting. This is what I wanted to do. Yeah. This was the playoffs was what I wanted to do. Yeah. Um, Like. I've never been, I've been to, I've made the playoffs before, but it was never the format that I had seen on TV. Mm -hmm. So I was like, wait, wait now, Mitchell, get out, shut up. Stop all that foolishness that you were just doing. Stop. You get another chance. And, and I, I don't know from that moment, I was like serious then I was, I was Mm. like, no, I can do this, and I'm going to have a fun time doing this because I know how to do it. It was, that, it was just, I don't know, it was a light, light bulb switch that happened as soon as I made the cut, which uh, in retrospect, it could, I should reverse that, that mentality. I should have a light bulb switch, and that will make me make the cut. But I got lucky. <laughs> Well, and that's, you know, and I, I, so for the benefit of the listeners out there, um, the qualifying uh, shifts, as I recall, are five games. So it does go by quick. And I was genuinely surprised when I saw the scores. Um, You know, I remember the last time, uh, the last NBT event I went to, I had the opposite experience where I thought, I'm going to make it this time. I'm, you know, I'm looking good after four games. All I have to do is just throw another 240 and it's not so bad. I stumbled a bit. I think I shot 1275 or something like that and didn't make it. The cut ended up being right at 1300. And this time it was 1208. And I was genuinely shocked at how low the scores were. Um, And I heard from a couple of people that scoring seemed pretty tough there uh, during the qualifying. So was, I mean, I can understand you being surprised at making it at 1208. If I shot 
1208 for five games, I would have just laughed and said, okay, you know, good luck next time. Um, did you notice uh, difficult scoring, people complaining about scoring, people remarking about difficult scoring throughout the qualifying shifts? Or do you think that was just rust? I field? didn't notice. I, I genuinely thought everyone was getting good breaks and I was the one getting the bad ones. <laughs> I know that what? feeling, right? When you look <laughs> at the scores and you only notice the big scores and not the little ones. And you think, why is somebody, why is everybody so much better than me today? What's happening? And it's not like there was a huge amount of big scores, but anytime anyone threw a big score, it's the only thing I noticed. Right. But also I was like, I didn't, I, I assume when I'm bowling it, I, I assume when I'm not bowling, when I don't feel like I'm bowling well, I assume that I'm not bowling well compared to the field. Mm. Because I guess I, I, when I'm doing well, I tend to like be towards the top of the field, but I did not feel myself. I was like, I must be, I'm, I have to be down in the middle, down and towards the bottom. And that made me feel insecure uh, and I don't like that. <laughs> and so I just didn't know what to do. I, I, I refused to look at any scores, but I assumed I was in the bottom. So when I threw 268 for 1208, I was like, well, that's not good enough because mm-hmm. I, because in these tournaments, 1208 don't, doesn't make it. Yeah. And when I looked 24th, the 24th highest to average at the time was 246 and I only had 241. How did I make it? Right. Exactly. By looking at those screens, but everyone threw, not everyone. I'm not saying like everybody bowled bad and I bowled good, <laughs> but like the field tended to throw their worst game on that last game. And I threw one of my best. So mm. I just, I, I shot up in the yeah, last exactly. game on a like, but I didn't watch any of the bowling, so I didn't know that had happened on my drive home. Right, <laughs> so, and I and I guess in your position, I wouldn't expect to be shooting way up after shooting a two sixty eight. I mean, I would think that two sixty eight would be okay, good. I kept pace, maybe I went up a few spots. But, I certainly didn't yeah. boost my average the five pins I thought I needed. Right, so I was like, ugh, but. On the other hand, now that I think about it, I to- I'm totally forgetting what, what went right about that, that mm. qualifying set was that I struck every 10th frame. Mm. I, I think I struck every ninth frame or at least had a half. So. Yeah. So if you're going to finish every game with 60 in the last two frames, then you're going to be in pretty good shape. I'm that, that if I hadn't, if I hadn't struck in one of the games, I would have missed the cut. Mm-hmm. So forget, forget all the plugs that I threw, forget all the shots that I, I under threw or overshot. I, the shots that got the, the, how I got to that playoffs was by being clutch in the 10th. Yeah. Five times. And that's also how I won it. Yeah. Because I had some harrowing moments in that, in that, playoffs in the 10th frame but uh yeah i so i said to myself okay it's the 10th frame do it gotta throw them anyway i tend to like feel a lot of stuff melt away in the 10th frame sometimes i don't Hmm. i don't i think it's just because i want to get it done it's interesting i like that because i was i that's kind of what's interesting for me because you've mentioned you know insecurity and confidence a few times and um, a little bit of sort of the, the, you know, the age old question of which comes first, the confidence or the results. And yeah. I struggle a lot with, um, I struggle a lot with my own insecurity sabotaging me in key moments so that when things are going well, I can, if I get off to a good start, I can usually sustain a good start. Um, you know, when I, when I made the, when I made the playoffs at the, 400 invitational uh 400 north invitational two years ago i mean i just i just bowled between 250 and 310 every game for eight games i didn't really have a game off and so there was nothing to recover from 
And, you know, shooting nearly 1100 for the first four games, I felt like, well, all I have to do is just don't let the foot off the gas and everything will be fine. Don't have a, don't, don't have a stinker. Don't go out there and shoot 180 and it'll be fine. And that's what happened. But when I, you know, I can have that same 1100 for four games and then fall apart and shoot 175 or 190. And instead of thinking, oh, I'm so glad I had that cushion. That's going to be the beginning of 630 for the last three games. And I just wiped myself out. So is, is that something that happens to you? Do you feel like it's, you know, if you get on a roll, does it feel too good to be true? Or is it more like if you don't get off to a good start, it's hard to get going? How does that, how does that work for you? That's a that's that's an interesting one. I recently told I recently told my one of my longest time bowling friends. Um, I told Mike Howlett, you know, every time I go bowling, I am so nervous that it's going to be the beginning of the end for me. Mm. I don't know where that came from. So it is in my mind sometimes that when I'm bowling well, I could just stop forever or just for the rest of the day. But I find it hasn't happened yet. Right. Now, I don't, if I'm, I'm very much a momentous bowler. I, I keep my momentum. I, if I'm bowling a certain, if I feel a certain way, I don't, I'm not very good at finding a different way to feel while I'm bowling. I get stuck. Mm. So if I start off bowling well and I find some momentum, a 180 isn't gonna isn't gonna affect me because that momentum somehow still got me to a 180. Just I got unlucky, I guess. And it's the same if I'm bowling poorly the momentum is there. I am just stuck in molasses, just counting my steps or like, like thinking about like intentionally moving my arm millimeter to millimeter to make sure it's perfectly in time with my legs. And it's, and I, and I can do that for four hours straight and, and hate it. Yeah, you mentioned that earlier, that sort of that feeling of having the checklist, wanting to to double check every little bit. And that's one thing that I know that I've been trying over the last couple of years to get out of as to to get out of this, um, to to move away from trying to make my body do things towards steering into what my body already knows how to do well. I mean, you know, like everybody else, I have my strong points and my weak points. And you know, I've been bowling for a long time and my body has some habits, not all of them bad, not all of them good. And I've, I've kind of come around to the idea of rather than trying so hard to fix the bad habits and to overcome the 30, 35 years of muscle memory to really steer into the good habits and try to let them come out more and hope that the, you know, on that day, maybe the good habits can beat the bad habits and the result will be, a good day instead of a bad day. Because uh, I know that dropping down and trying to fix everything, as you say, from millimeter to millimeter, I just, I mean, at, at some point, I become entirely incapable of throwing the ball if I try to do that. I know because I've tried it a bunch of times and it's never worked. And, 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 then, and then once you get accurate, you can't get strikes. You can only get crappy breaks. Right. So it's, and, I, and I've, the amount of times I've qualified 260 for a tournament and then bowled 220 in the tournament because of that mind block, it's uh, something, it's honestly something I still haven't figured out if I'm ever going to, like, am I ever going to have that 260 tournament where I, where I make the open, like, uh, all-star team? Like I haven't done that yet and stuff like that. So all that creeps into my mind when I'm bowling poorly or when I'm bowling well, I'm like, wait, is this going to like affect my entire bowling career? 
will this bad shot affect my entire bowling career? I guess that I think I might have accidentally just distilled the whole the whole problem that I my fear of bowling of bowling poorly comes from. Will this one shot ruin my career? And right. the answer is how can that be? <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it would have to be a hell of a bad shot. Um, yeah. Or it would have to ha- be a, a shot at a hell of a bad time. So go and make the bad shot. Yeah, get it out of the way. You know That's what? I all, the amount of time, like, sometimes you got to throw eight great shots and three stinkers. Yeah. I once threw strike, 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 five down the hole, down the hole, and struck out. Oh, jeez. My, I think my favorite is starting on uh, starting on eight in a row and then going three hole in the ninth for three sixty six. Ooh, <laughs> yeah, three um, hole, three hole three in the holes. ninth for three sixty six. Everyone loves a good three hole. <laughs> you love to see it. You hate to do it, but then you laugh at yourself, yeah. and then you love it. So <laughs> I don't know how it is for you, but for me, it's always I throw the first one and it just it felt wrong, and I'm like, oh, it's okay. I'll just throw my good ball and I'll hit the inside of the head pin, and in the second and one barely misses the head pin, and you <laughs> have to laugh. Yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. Five, five. five. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, so you're, you're, I think I understand. I think I understand a little bit where you're coming from that sort of, um, is this it? Is this where it ends? Is this how it ends? Um, you know, do I not have it anymore? I mean, I'm, you know, I'm in, I'm 47 now. Um, I keep talking about having about maybe 15 years of, of, uh, maximum of competitive time left before my body's going to start deteriorating and I'm really not going to be able to do it. And there's a part of me that, I mean, I know I'm on the downside of that slope instead of the up, uh, instead of the uphill climb. And so every time I go out there, I think, well, maybe this is going to be it. Um, You know, maybe this is when my body starts no longer being able to do it. So I can definitely feel that. So that makes me ask the question when you, you know, once Sharon told you that you made it um, and then you thought about, started thinking about, Oh, okay. Apparently I have to bowl the playoffs tomorrow. You get to the lanes, you start getting ready for your first match. How did it feel? I'm excited to talk about this. It felt like practice. Did it? (laughs) Yeah. I practiced that format, that singles format. Every time I go bowling, Mm. I, I set up a camera. I I bowl on one lane. I bowl on the second lane. I stop. I bowl on one lane. I bowl on the second lane. I stop. The only thing different for me was that I had an opponent that I had had to beat instead of instead of I just want to beat. I want to get the highest score I could possibly get today. It's I want to get the highest score I can possibly get today that beats my opponents. Right. And I've always seen myself as a point winner, more of a score getter. Mm-hmm. So that was exciting for me. I was like, I get to go head head to head against bowlers in my in my comfort zone. Um, doing the thing I practice, knowing that I have a bit of an advantage just in experience of like I know how to throw a ball under pressure. So it was exciting. And um, I actually, I actually wasn't that nervous. I, it's very, I don't know. I felt a calm energy. Like I was like, there was no part of me that was going to over, like try and perform for the crowd and overthrow the ball Mm -hmm. and be like a, a top bowler. And there was no part of me that was going to finesse the ball and try and, and, checklist it right i was gonna go and bowl like i practice and and i don't checklist it when i'm practicing i bowl pretty fluidly and good in practice and it's only when scores come on that i do it so Mm -hmm. it's like so were you in that moment were you telling yourself this is just like practice or was it or did it just yeah, because sometimes it's sometimes we remind ourselves this is just like practice, and sometimes it just feels that way, and we can't really put our finger on why. 
there were there were moments where I told myself, and then there were moments where it felt like it. Like mm. it wasn't a consistent, right? Like I feel comfortable with this all day. There was definitely moments where it's like, oh, sh- oh, like I'm Mitchell. Like you're you're screw you're you're blowing it. <laughs> like don't blow it. Uh, Mitchell, you have to get this strike. It 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 might it might be a practice. It might feel like you might be telling yourself this is practice, but like in practice, you can miss this strike. But right now you can't. Right. Stuff like that. There were important moments and stuff like that. But knowing that I had practiced the the singles format just had gave me the a little bit of comfort in the in the situation. Mm-hmm. Right. Like it was I'd never been in that situation under pressure. But I had been under in that situation wanting strikes for a 350 in practice. So, and I have done it in practice. So I just told myself, okay, Mitchell, you really need this. So stop thinking about it and just go do it. And interesting. So here, here's, here's maybe a difficult question to answer. Yeah. Because I, I, I'm, I think I need similar things to what you're describing. In a lot of cases, I, you know, when the, when the lights turn on, suddenly I start feeling different, even though there's really no benefit to feeling different. I mean, I, you know, I want to, I want to win. And so that does make it different. But I know, my conscious mind knows that if I let it feel the same as it does in practice, that gives me a better chance of performing well when it matters most so here's the tough question then why do you think you were able to do it this time what felt different than the times before where maybe the pressure or the nerves or the excitement or the anxiety got to you and and all that stuff interfered with what your body knows how to do what what do you can you put your finger on something that felt different on sunday that allowed you to just step out of your body's way and let it do its work. That whole, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Until now, I just I've just been telling myself it's been luck. Yeah, but there definitely was something. Like I definitely, there were definitely moments where I said, "I'm going to win this." where I'd never said that to myself before. So I had, I guess there was some subconscious part of my mind that was trying harder than the rest of me to win and knew what to do. Almost as though the part of you that felt like it was going to win managed to manage to out yell the part of you that was afraid to lose. Yeah. I was, I was ready. You know what? I was ready to risk mistakes. I was ready to throw like cuz I was ready to throw that that in between hard soft ball with the perfect balance. I was afraid to like miss balance. I was I wasn't afraid I mean I wasn't afraid to like go off balance. I wasn't afraid to accidentally overthrow the shot because sometimes if you overthrow the shot you still get a strike. Sometimes yep. if you make a mistake you still get a strike. Yep. And then I found as I was going along making less mistakes and I was covering my stakes better. Like I was covering a lot more five spares at the end of the day than I was at the beginning. And so I, I just like, eventually I was like, well, I'm here now. I don't need to even care about winning. I'm just bowling. I made the top eights. I w- when I made the top eights, I was like, I have my job done. Yep. Like, this is way further than I thought I was going. Um, I'm winning a crap load of money, way more money I've ever won than I've ever won in bowling, probably. So it's like, then I was like, just go have fun. Yeah. Like, I don't know, have fun in your own way. Like, you don't need to go using all your energy. You could go up and be totally satisfied that you, like, through that nice shot it's it's, it was hard to describe how it was different from any other tournaments because i don't know it's the first one i won like i don't know (laughs) 
I, I mean, I've won, I've won the Masters before I bowled singles in the Masters, but it felt different because I didn't have to beat anyone head to head that way. Hmm. But this was just like, I don't know what you're going to do. And I don't really know what I'm going to do, but I'm here and everyone's watching and I'm going to do my best. I'm going to experience it. Like, well, I heard, I heard a couple of things in there that were pretty big clues. And the first one was what you just said a moment ago. I'm just, I'm, you know, you're here, I'm here. We're just going to see what happens. And I'm just going to, I'm just going to experience it. So that staying in the moment, it's such a cliche, but you know, cliches are cliches for a reason. But the other big one that echoes back to something you said earlier was that you, you didn't become overly distracted by making small mistakes. And that goes back to your comment about, you know, is this it? Is this the one? Is this the ball that's going to ruin my career? Well, how could it? And, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, and yeah. Is, I, so I can only imagine you tell me. Did you have a conscious, did you notice, let me ask it that way. Did you notice being able to just shake off a little mistake or even a big mistake right after it happened more easily than normal? Yes. Yes. Um, I don't know. I, I would throw a shot and be like, okay, I, I know exactly why that happened. There's no need to worry about it. Um, there's still pins on the line that you need to get, so you need to go get them. And I was able to feel like I could feel nothing mm. when I was standing on the approach. Like I could, I could have a moment where I could feel absolutely nothing in my mind except from my mind itself. And then, and when that feeling started, I could throw the ball. And when that happened, whatever way I threw the ball, I was usually happy, even right. if I missed or there were some plugs, but I was like, well, I knew I'm happy because I knew why I did that and I can avoid it. So, yeah, I would say like, I did notice, um, I did notice some um, like of my mental fluidity increasing and then i figured out how to do it intentionally then mm. too so then i would get up onto the approach um feel my mind what melt away or make it melt away on demand um i usually have and when we talk about like the checklist i still have a one item checklist mm-hmm. for the shot sometimes and it would be, and for me, it was either um, s- slow second step or swing with your shoulder and not your arm. Mm. Those were my two instructions for the whole day. And um, so I could tell myself that in that moment of clarity that I gave myself on the approach. And then I could throw the ball and I would usually do what I told myself to do. And I would usually know what happened when I threw it and and then I got into the last game I finally noticed what I noted what I said earlier that I was stopping my arm in the air and I was like and I was like wait this is it this is what was giving me the plugs all tournament I'm I can and like I was started the day in one mindset on my mindset like developed all throughout the day as I had won and lost games and been in different situations and when it got to that point I was like wait everything you've done all day has has worked you could just make this adjustment you can just make the adjustment you could just get up right now after your plug and have a fast arm swing instead of a slow arm swing and slow feet instead of fast feet. And you can just throw a ball well and you don't have, and you don't even have to worry about it. And then I, and I did just that. And that's when I got 
pretty vocal in the in the match. I was really happy then. So yeah, what uh, now? I can imagine being in that situation where, uh, you know, I battled my way through the qualifying shifts, never felt quite right, managed to squeak in, managed to battle my way through a couple of playoff matches. Um, maybe I got a little lucky. Maybe I managed to, you know, but I never felt entirely comfortable. And it sounds like you, you, that was the experience that it was for you. And then when you had this moment of insight and said, ah, now I know what I need to do, or now I know that if I do this, this will feel easier. I could imagine going into the third game of a three-game match against Brad, having that insight, and then immediately saying, but wait. If I change anything, I'm going to mess this all up. Did you have that moment? I had that moment um, actually earlier in the day mm. because I had someone tell me I needed to change my angle. Mm. And, I, and I was changing my angle a little. I, was changing, I would move one board to the, to the right, and then I would move back a half inch. Then I would move back left a half four and then up a move inch. So there were four different places where I could adjust. Yeah. And they were all punching. So everyone was telling me move. Mm -hmm. I was like, you don't, I have moved and I'm not comfortable anywhere else in the places I've moved to. But when I moved to somewhere I wasn't comfortable with, that's when I started getting those, those pocket shots where my corner was rope. My ball was rolling into the corner pin. Mm. So I was like, Oh, I guess I have to throw from this really strange spot for the tournament so from that point i was like i guess adjustments can work or they won't so this adjustment will work because it has to <laughs> <laughs> i could definitely appreciate that it's like it's like it has to work i'm not going i'm not going stopping my arm up in the air again again even if even if I miss, like, I, I can't, like, consciously let myself make a mistake again. Like, even if I might get a strike making the mistake, I can't, like, let myself do it. I like, can imagine feeling like, I don't know when that's going to end. I mean, how, how, long, how much longer can I possibly get away with throwing the ball the wrong way? Something that I know shouldn't work. It's eventually yeah. going to stop working. It shouldn't have been working. Exactly. Like... <laughs> Or I might not have been doing it the whole time, and I thought I was, and only yeah. noticed it that one plug. But, but I, I said there has to be some reason why I'm plugging today. I can usually carry. I can usually carry corners. I can usually carry a chop off. But I'm just not carrying unless I get a perfect hit. So what's going on? Right. And there might have been nothing going on. It might have just been lane conditions because it was humid. Right because there was a hurricane, but it could have also been me. And so I always err to the side that it's me. So, but I'm also, I also err to the side that too much of an adjustment will, will be wrong, will, will make me uncomfortable and put me off, put me off. So it is a, like a huge balancing game of what adjustment to make is don't, did I make it too late? If I make it now, am I just, Am I not settling into my last adjustment quick like enough to know if it even works? It's such a it was such a hard decision game, but in but with four frames of the game left, uh, four frames of like a uh, thirty game tournament left, and with me just throwing a plug, like throwing a plug, knowing I just threw about a hundred. And I don't want another one. Hmm. I must. What what can I lose? Right. Like a championship. I've never even been in a championship. What championship? I don't. I don't have like. Exactly. That, I haven't lost this championship yet because I haven't won it. Like I don't, I'm not entitled to it. Right. Like and um, just there's no saying that my opponent will get a strike or whatever. So I have to take this risk. I have to make the adjustment. And lucky for me, not only is that an adjustment that I noticed, but that's an adjustment I've 
always had to notice. And it's a common adjustment that I make that always works. So on one hand, yeah, I can see it how it's like you, it's scary to make an adjustment halfway through the last game. But on the other hand, this was an adjustment I really needed to make. (laughs) And I knew it. And I knew it when I thought of it. I was like, do that, do that. And you might be good. And I was. Well, and you know what, those two things together, that doesn't surprise me. One is the, you know, I don't know how I, 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 I don't know how long I've been getting away with making this mistake. There's no reason to believe I'm going to keep getting away with it. So I, I kind of need to change anyway, combined with, well, you know, it's, it's, it, it was never my championship to lose. So really what's the problem? I mean, I, you know, either I, I, either I do it and it works and I win or I do it and it works and I don't win or I do it and it doesn't work and I win or I do it and it doesn't work and I don't win. Anything is possible. And why not just go for it and see what happens? Yeah, you can't predict anything. Like, even if I hadn't gotten the two strikes, my opponent plugged twice. So I would have gotten another chance anyway down, mm-hmm. down, the, down the game. So it's just another way things could have gone and they just went my way in that moment. And it's partly based on the experience of how many blessed bowling balls I've thrown in my life, but also the, just the sheer lightning bolt of luck that I had the thought at the right moment to throw the ball the right way. (laughs) Yep. Well, it certainly sounds like it. Um, so I, I get a bit of a sense that you and I might share something in common um, that I know that I feel much more comfortable when I understand what's going on. And conversely, when I don't understand what's going on, I get really uncomfortable really quickly. And that has a, a pretty bad effect on my performance. And this is something that, you know, I've been working with Tom Patterson for the last year or so. He's been trying to get me out of my head more into my body and, and to, you know, connect with the feelings of what's going on instead, you know, so that I avoid that checklist thing that we've been talking about a few times now, but I don't think I'm ever quite going to get rid of this sort of needing to know, needing to understand what's going on. And then once something makes sense, that makes it very easy for me. So I could imagine being in the situation you described and having this perfect clarity about, well, if I just let my arm go, it knows how to do the right thing. It's pretty clear that I've been getting away with trying to rein my arm in now for all these games. If I let it go, that's going to be the best chance it has at doing the right thing. This will work. Is it like that for you? Is it important for you to understand what's going on as opposed to just sort of letting go and seeing whatever happens? Yes. If I'm not, if I'm not paying attention to what my body's doing, I don't see, I'm not even, I'm not even a spot bowler. I don't, I look at the spot when I'm, when I'm on the approach, but as I'm bowling, I don't really watch to see where the ball goes. I don't really look at any spot when I'm walking towards the lane. I more, most, most of the time I look at my feet. I do it entirely by feel. Mm. So most people, most people say, Oh, I missed my, I missed my spot. I say, I did something in my approach that made me not strike. Mm -hmm. I did something in my approach. Something in the, in the beginning of my approach affected the end of my approach. So I had to figure out what that is. And the dilemma is that three balls per turn is often not enough time for me to know. And the time between shots is a lot of time for someone to get in their head and block out all the possible adjustments that you need to make with crap. Like, Ugh, I always do this. Ugh, right. I never. Uh, uh, it's only because I threw the ball at the corner stayed up. I throws a crappy ball. Uh, look, all that stuff. And then he gets up and then, and you don't give a crap. And then you throws the ball. You're like, well, look, exactly what was going to happen because I'm bowling and I suck. 
So <laughs> it's like <laughs> um, you could get trapped in either like uh, I'm on a tangent now. I forget what I was saying. Go ahead. Go ahead. I totally, I'm totally off track now. All right. Well, so I was asking. Oh, yeah. about the, I need the, to understand. Need to understand. Yeah. I yeah. need to understand because um, since I'm not aiming, uh, and since um, I get into the trap where I, like I'm telling myself like crappy things, like I need to, I need like a thing to focus on with my body that I can, that I can effect in the chain of motions from like the first step to throwing a ball Mm -hmm. i need to understand that that motion so that if something goes wrong in it and i miss i don't have i can't just aim for a spot on the lane because i missed and aim for a different spot and then not miss i'm gonna miss no matter where i'm looking because my mechanics are off right so I'm getting trapped in the, in the, like, this is, I guess this is really, I'm having a hard time answering this. <laughs> no, it's, I, I let, well, let me, let me help you a bit. So yeah. this kind of goes back to the checklist thing, right? I can imagine yeah. it'd be very easy for you in a moment like that to fall back into the checklist and then fall back into the trap of trying to control every muscle contraction. And then pretty soon you can't walk straight. Yeah. I imagine that happens for you like it happens for me. Yeah. So when you're trying to figure out what's going wrong, since you can't just, well, if I, I know I'm missing two boards to the left. So if I just move two boards to the left, then that might be enough of a correction. Does that mean that you really have to be deeply connected to how the body feels as you're moving in order to be able to know what's going wrong and how to fix it? Yes. Yes. And, um, And I guess what my tangent was trying to say is that um, if I'm, if I let myself get in the way, that will also get in the way of the feeling of connection between my mind and body when I'm bowling Mm -hmm. and, and anything I tell myself to do, then I can't do. Right. You're it's the classic is the classic problem of, of uh, being stuck. You're trying so hard to do something that you can't do it. Yeah. Because you're stuck in trying to do it instead of doing it. Because it's like, okay, quick first step, long second step, slide. Uh, Your arm has to be this tempo. Um, You are going to look at the spot, but as you you are moving, your arm again closer towards your feet as you move forward, and then you're going to throw the ball. Like, uh, you're going to punch a three pin. Yeah. But that's what, that's how it gets for me. Um, and I think, I think other people get that. I'm sure they do, but for me, it feels like spinning plates. It feels like every time I throw a ball, there was one other thing I did wrong. And every time I try to attend to something that's taking my mind away from something else, you're dropping a plate as you're picking up another one. Exactly. So, oh, on this ball, it was my shoulder on this ball. I fell over on this ball. I didn't stay behind my knee. And every time I try to make those little adjustments, pretty soon i'm i'm throwing six balls in a row completely differently and i'm and i'm you know i might as well go home at that point yeah and um i i fuck i'm totally forgetting everything i'm saying in the moment now (laughs) don't worry about it (laughs) but like Here, I'll try to move like on, and you'll think your uh, your plate, your um, the plate spinning. Yeah, yeah, the plate spinning. I'm just, it's just funny. <laughs> yeah, no, and, and that I so as you say, I think a lot of people you do end up so that. confused. You end yeah. up confused. Yes, and 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 because I don't understand, I think I'm doing everything right. Why can't why why is something different going wrong in every shot? Why can't I just get it all together? Why can't I throw four shots in a row the same way? Just four. I, I just want four. I'm yeah, not greedy. I'm getting, just give me four. I, I'm just, yeah. And see, it's so confusing that I'm getting myself confused even <laughs> thinking about that moment. <laughs> All right. So you had this moment of clarity. Yeah. Um, and 
in that moment, it was, it sounded like it was the combination of I've got nothing left to lose. And, um, well, actually there's two ways to think of that. There's the, uh, there's the, I've got nothing left to lose because what I've been doing has only been working by luck. So I got to change something. And then the other sense of that, which is, well, you know, I, this wasn't my championship to win. So I could do everything right in the next four shots and still lose. I might as well just do the best I can on these four shots and, and hope that it's enough. And I got to imagine in that moment. Now, was that, did that feel calming to you or did that feel like a big click in your mind? Like how, what did it feel like for you in the moment when you then got up in the ninth and realized all I need to do is just execute these last four shots. Now I know how to solve the problem. What was that like for you that moment? Um, well, that was one of the few, that was one of the few moments of real, like fierce confidence I had. I had a chance to shut Brad out. So I said to myself, okay, Mitchell, you're going to win this. Shut him out. Mm. And uh, I was, I was uh, lucky enough that, that I threw the strike in the 10th and then Brad needed five in a row to, uh, to get a chance to, to beat me. And he only threw and he left a corner on yeah. the fourth shot. So I didn't have to throw the 10th, but when I threw that strike in the ninth, that was when I, that was when I um, was once again, when I shouted at the pins and I was like, okay, I have, I've gotten my momentum now. And I know what happens when I have momentum. Um, I just threw what the last five out of six shots I threw were immaculate. Um, I'm in pretty good position. I'm in, I I want to do something impressive. I want to I want to, I want to be like the guy that does the impressive thing now and I'm and I feel like I can. And um I did. Yeah. You did. did it. You did. And I and you know and I I remember watching that and thinking okay, well, he's not out of the woods just yet, but at least Brad really has to make him work. And then as you say, Brad left that corner pin up and that's when I thought, okay, well, there you go. Uh, it's I was, you know, I was like, if there's any, if there's anyone here that's going to throw that five bagger at me right now, oh, it's going to be Brad. It's yeah. Brad. Brad's going to do it. Brad's one of them for sure. Because, because I can see Brad like me. He can he'll he'll get out of his way in a, in a moment in a moment's notice and and come for you. Yeah, and so. I I was just like I can't let that happen. Right. <laughs> like I I have to do it. Like I have to be the one that does it. Yeah, and you absolutely did. And uh and it was it was it was fun to watch. And uh and it was enjoyable to watch, not just because it was entertaining, but um you know, when when I saw it was you and Brad in that in that final the first thing I thought was, well, I'm I'm going to be thrilled either way. Uh, I, you know, as a fan, I can't lose. I'm going to be yeah. really, really happy for whichever one of you ends up winning. And I would have felt the same way. I would have yeah. been happy to lose that match as well. Yeah. Against if, Brad. If you had to lose, to, if you have to lose somebody, Brad's one that, uh, one that you can't help but feel okay with. I, I always look forward to a chance to bowl with or against Brad. It's, and this was probably one of the best chances I got. Well, it certainly was, it certainly has to have been the biggest stage you've got to for sure. To yeah. Against. And, yeah. uh, and yeah, no, it was a, it was a wonderful, it was a wonderful finish. Uh, it was nice that it went down to the wire. Um, but also that you had a chance to breathe that you didn't have to stand there with the, you know, with the knees knocking, throwing the third ball in the 10th and hoping. Yeah. Um, it's a think, bit of a relief. Yeah. Yeah. I can imagine <laughs> I can I can imagine that the one at that on one hand wanting to be there to be to be the person who did the impressive thing. But just I mean, it's a little bit like I imagine what it would be if I ever got the first eleven strikes. I'm not sure that I would have the courage to throw the twelfth one. 
that I might be happier yeah. to just walk away and say, you know what, that's four thirty-five. That's good enough for me. I'll, yeah, I don't, I don't, <laughs> I don't want to know. I had no when I threw my my highest game. I had no idea what I threw. So yeah, I told I. I've been in both situations of knowing what I was on and not knowing what I was on. And I definitely preferred the one where I didn't know. Oh, you don't know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was. <laughs> <sighs> well, it, it's, it's, it's been wonderful to get, uh, to get inside your head a bit and, uh, and to hear from the inside, what it was like to, to win that event. So um, it's, it's probably still a little bit, it's still Sunday somewhere in your mind. Yeah. Um, what apart from the win, apart from the obvious stuff, um what are you gonna remember from this event? I don't know if this is an ob if this is one of the obvious things that you mentioned, but I'm gonna remember going from I'm 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 all I can I don't think I can ever forget going from feeling at my absolute worst at the beginning of the tournament and at the steady climb to the end of the tournament where I felt it on top of everything. It wasn't just the moment of winning for me. It was, I won a tournament where I started miserable. By no means that I run away with anything in that tournament. I've run away with games before. And, and like, while that feels satisfying, I'll never forget the just the journey of the tournament. Um, leaving the first set, um, going home, and mom being like, "Are you even sure you want to bowl the next set?" And being like, "Yes," because I now have a goal to finish a set. And so. I finished the set and then I wasn't even happy with it. And then I came up the next day, I was the bottom seed. Everyone had the choice of whether to go first over me. Um, so I was like, sat back and just like, I was in everyone's hands all day. And I, I just, I just think, I think I was lucky enough to get like the, the pitcher like the picture perfect cathartic tournament tournament story like the come from behind win the the underdog story that's how i feel like i that's kind of how i feel like i got the win it um another thing about it was uh getting a chance to see um the youngsters how fa fantastic they are now because um my bowling center closed in 2010 or 11 and so all my ybc crowd has gone around different places in town but i'm really like sentimental about the alley that i grew up in and there were quite a lot of finalists from my old ybc that were my when I was a when I was a senior, there were my there they were my bantams and juniors, and like aside from like I'm gonna I'm gonna be I'm gonna be this way I'm saying I I did like being the one that got the most, <laughs> but I also liked sharing the stage with with my old my old crowd like I, there were. The top six money winners of the top six money winners, three came up through my my YBC program, and I felt really proud of that. It's the same the same coaches like the the Jim Jim Bulger and Dave Holloway coached us, and and uh, it was a it was really it was really hard for me to lose the center. So seeing those bowlers succeeding in this day and age means that they didn't leave with Pearlgate and makes me feel good. <laughs> so that was enough. And, and I'm going to get to see that for the rest of my life because they make the teams. They bowl with me on the teams and all that. And like they bowl the playoffs. They bowl jackpot with me every, like over the summer. It's, it's uh, 
it was good to see the sport like just come together again too with uh, like all my peers and all the peers from around town and the province. It was good. It felt like nationals to me, honestly. Like it felt like I had gotten a nationals experience out of it. Well, I mean, from, from everything that you've told me here today from the bit that I got to see live, um, it really feels rather like a triumphant return, not just for you, but for the game. Uh, yes, for the for the St. John's bowling community, um, and for me, that I mean, as a as a spectator, as a fan, it's entertaining. But as somebody like you who you know cares about the greater game, uh, I couldn't have asked for a better story to relaunch uh, the tournament season. This gives us some wonderful warm fuzzy feelings that people can take into the autumn open and to the club tour and to the other events that are going on around the country as we sort of as we you know get into full swing for the season and uh so i have to thank brad and i have to thank you for being at the uh for being at the forefront of that warm fuzzy story that all of us are going to have fun remembering for a while um and uh mitchell thanks so much for for taking the time to talk to me about this tournament i'm so glad that uh that you got this win and uh and i you know it'll take a while before it stops being sunday in some part of your brain i hope that it that sticks with you for a long time um but i also hope you're looking forward to the next one so that maybe you can do this again i want to be the first one that wins too all right well do me a favor and don't win the second one until april so that uh so that i can be there to see it oh yeah i I don't think there will be another one until april so oh i didn't know if they were doing one in december or not but uh, oh i hope they do though (laughs) i hope they do (laughs) i hope so too all right thanks very much mitchell and uh, thanks to everyone listening out there and i look forward to getting a chance to interview uh another winner sometime soon so thanks very much everyone and there'll be another winner a couple weeks i hope so all right Uh, thanks for having me i feel i feel like a double winner now this was a great conversation (laughs) well thanks very much i I appreciate that and i look forward to having more of these thanks i can't wait to hear them